This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, May 5th, 2010. I'm Caleb Brown. Cameras have clear limitations in preventing terrorism or crime. That's not to say they can't be excellent forensic tools. But where cameras have clear value, protecting you from some of the abuses of police is where they are often conspicuously absent. Cato Institute legal policy analyst David Ritgers comments. So a man left an SUV parked in Times Square, close to it, with the hazards blinking in a parking spot uh, near some vendors. And one of the vendors notified a nearby police officer that the back end of the vehicle was, in fact, smoking. And uh, due to a a quick police response, the bomb squad came uh, and uh, took apart the propane tanks and hodgepodge of potentially explosive uh, items in the back of the vehicle. This has led a lot of people to call for additional scrutiny and to evaluate the use of cameras. Maybe if we'd had additional cameras watching this particular spot, uh, that this would help. Yes, and Police Commissioner Ray Kelly of New York City has called for expanded cameras to cover everything from Times Square uh, down to 34th Street uh, with a view of every spot on the block, every alleyway. Uh, and this is in addition to a 2006, uh, about a $100 million outlay for an expanded uh, set of not just cameras, but also uh, bomb sniffing devices, chemical sensors, in an attempt to preempt and, and prevent these types of attacks. And as we've seen, uh, that technology has not been applied everywhere, but, but even where it's been applied, that hasn't been the real deterrent. And as a general rule, People deter and prevent attacks, and cameras are more useful in piecing together what happened after the fact. To play devil's advocate, we have a vehicle that is smoking. The street vendor identified the fact that the vehicle was smoking and alerted police. Why wouldn't the camera have been able to figure that out? Well, you have to understand with cameras that not, of them, not all of them are monitored all the time. So the fact that it may have recorded that it was smoking, and I don't know that it did. It's unclear exactly what the camera caught of the vehicle at the time. Uh, but would the camera uh, note that as a suspicious uh, occurrence, or would that be passed off as steam rising from a vent in the street, uh, or is any any no- number of explanations that might uh, dissuade people in the the uh, the camera operations center uh, from alerting? police and and first responders to get to the scene uh, of uh, where the vehicle was parked, whereas the the person was able to intuit, that's a suspicious vehicle, it's smoking, we should should talk to the police. More broadly, what are the limitations of using cameras as a tool to prevent acts of terrorism? Well, with regard to terrorism, uh, beyond this uh, attempted attack, we've seen three successful attacks in Europe, all in cities with uh, a significant amount of surveillance cameras in Spain, London, and more recently, Russia. Uh, And in Spain, the commuter train bombings uh, were carried out successfully. And if you're willing to use suicide bombs, then then having it on film after the fact is really not a deterrent. However, those cameras were useful in piecing together the people who perpetrated the attack and therefore tracking down their co-conspirators. And the same can be said uh, in the London uh, 7-7, July 7th, 2005 uh, bombings, 
on uh, on trains and commuter buses, uh, that footage was useful after the fact in tracking down the cells that perpetrated the attack. And the same is also true in the Russian, the recent Russian subway bombings, uh, where the co-conspirators who escorted the suicide bombers to the subways were captured on film and it assisted in, in finding those people. So after the fact, they are an effective tool in tracking down terrorist cells. Uh, but in terms of providing deterrence and modern terrorist tactics, if you're willing to kill yourself, cameras simply are not the deterrent that they're being advertised as. How do you go from then having an event like this attempted bombing in Times Square to the conclusion that the solution to preventing this kind of act is more cameras. Based on the facts, I don't know that you do. Well, but I mean, that argument is out there. Well, there's a blanket argument that more cameras are going to equal more security. And in terms of preventing attacks, we, we just have not seen that pan out uh, as the proponents have put forth. Uh, but they are a useful tool in piecing together the attacks after the fact. But it's pretty hard to sell the public on that proposition saying, well, this won't prevent you from getting blown up, but after the fact, we can find the cohorts of those who perpetrated the attack. Uh, that, that's, that's simply not as good a selling point. The role of cameras being widely misunderstood, what explains then their proliferation in Europe? Are, the, are people just making the argument that this will prevent acts of terrorism as they are about to occur? Well, they're, they're not being sold just on terrorism. They're also being sold as a deterrent uh, to crime and, and normal run-of-the-mill criminal acts. There is the argument out there that uh, having more police surveillance cameras will deter uh, acts of property or, or violent crime. Uh, we've actually seen that, uh, that that hasn't panned out as well in deterrence in that realm either. Uh, Great Britain is the most surveilled nation on the, on the earth. It has, we have 4.2 million cameras in Great Britain. Uh, One million of those, a little bit over actually, are in London itself. And, uh, and, and yet 80% of the crime within London goes unsolved. Uh, and in the boroughs that have better than average clearance rates, which are still a pretty low, about a 25% clearance rate, uh, those boroughs actually generally have fewer than average police cameras. And so in that respect, uh, a lot of those crimes are just solved by, by police work, by tracking down clues and leads and, and finding those responsible. Uh, and so with regard to people who are worried about being caught, in that sense, they can deter uh, crime, less likely to deter terrorism, uh, but, but they have not proven uh, to be a, an effective way to lower crime rates uh, on, on a broad scale. Cameras can also be viewed as a, a double-edged sword, uh, where with regard to police operations, they provide a certain amount of transparency uh, that's, that's good in many ways. It's, it's good uh, from the aspect that it, it can deter uh, police brutality, because it's quite clear that if a police officer uh, commits an act of violence that is unwarranted, as we saw with the beatings of the University of Maryland student very recently uh, in Prince George's County, well, there is the very real possibility that those officers will be identified and, uh, and disciplined or even prosecuted. So it's very good in that way. And police departments that want to run uh, effective operations really should embrace this technology because uh, not just with regard to, to how they conduct themselves, but in terms of evidence, they're great evidence of crimes after the fact, as I've said. And, and so there's actually states that have mandated that uh, 
that all of uh, custodial interrogations must be recorded. And when you not only uh, take notes from a witness interview or record it on, on audio tape, that's one level of, of, uh, of an, you know, proof of an interrogation. But when you actually record the video, then you have, you have uh, excellent evidence to take to the jury because the jury can now see not just what the person was saying, but the expression on their face as they're saying it, uh, and their mannerisms, and, and it really does give a, a window into what was going on in the interrogation room at that time. And, and, and in those circumstances, those interrogations are more likely to be uh, uh, non-coercive. They're not, they're not uh, coercing someone into a confession, and they're actually seeing uh, the admission of guilt, not just in the person's words, but in their actions and their mannerisms. And so I think it's, it's very good to take to a jury in that respect uh, videotape of a custodial interrogation because it speaks to the credibility of the witness. So in this regard, I think with, with law enforcement operations, uh, video is every good and clean officer's friend and, and every uh, crooked or, or brutal officer's enemy. David Ritgers is a legal policy analyst at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.